0: At this time of the year, especially, nobody wants to be alone. I mean, there are songs written about it. I just listened to, on the way over here, Home for the Holidays, an old Christmas classic. And then you've got, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Nobody wants to be apart from their loved ones and their friends at this time of the year. And then you've got, of course, all I want for Christmas is you. I just want you for Christmas. So we just get intuitively that this time of the year, we're going to spend money. We're going to get in our cars. We're going to get in an airplane. We're going to do something to be with the people that we love love and actually that fits really well with the theme of this time of the year because it all started with this idea that God actually wants to be with us or to put it another way he doesn't want us to be alone for the holidays. Hello, I'm Brian Foreman, and this is Cornerstone Online, which is our weekly experience where we inspire and equip you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. It's one of our experiences. We also meet on-site at United Baptist Church, usually 6 p.m. Saturdays, a little bit different this time of the year with Saturday falling on Christmas, so we'll have a Christmas Eve service instead. But no matter what we're doing, whether it's online, on-site, saturday sunday christmas eve the whole idea is to inspire and equip you to follow jesus because we know that following jesus makes life better and makes you better at life i hope that if you're new to cornerstone or haven't let us know who you are that you will introduce yourself the way that you can do that is just click on that start here link on our website or wherever you're listening or watching you can text the word new to our church number 603-225 2550 today we are looking at part of the christmas story we're going to be reading from the first chapter of matthew so if you want to read along it's matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 23 might be a little bit of a familiar passage uh very often read at this time of the year so let's read it together this is the new living translation matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 23. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means god with us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, that you would speak to us. I thank you, Lord, for this time of the se- of the year where we use this season to focus on your birth and your coming into the world. It shows us that we never need to be alone. I pray, Lord, that as we look at your word as we Uh, study that you would give us insight and understanding and show us exactly how it applies to our lives thank you lord that you are with us and i pray that each person watching and listening will have a new experience of what that means for them we pray this in jesus name amen Amen. All right, so today we are actually talking about God's presence, that he is with us. And what we see through the Christmas story and who Jesus is and what he's done for us, it tells us that God never wants us to be alone. This is the good news of this time of the year, that we never have to be alone. We never have to be apart from God's presence. And so the way that we can apply this, the way that we can take this and make it uh, applicable and practical for our lives is to ask ourselves, am I accepting God's invitation to be with him? Because this whole time of the year, this whole season is focused around this theme that God is with us. So let's look together at some of the scriptures that highlight this theme that God is with us and reinforce this good news that God never wants us to be alone. The First thing I want you to notice is that it was always God's intention to be with us. It was always God's intention to be with us and always his intention that we would never be alone alone. We see this in this passage that we just looked at. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, it says all of this, talking about the Christmas uh, story, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And then it quotes an Old Testament prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, part of the interesting context of this prophecy from the Old Testament is that it was given to people who were concerned because there were oppressing kings, there were opposing armies that were threatening them. And they wondered, is God with us? Is he going to protect us? And so this prophecy was given that said, in essence, look, there, God is with you, you don't have to worry about these kings, and I'm going to give you a sign to show you that you are going to be protected, that God is with you, he's not going to leave you alone. And and then when the Christmas story happened, this theme was kind of picked up and they saw in this, this whole idea times 10 that God was sending his son, that he was coming in person, in the person of Jesus, and that he is, in fact, God with us, which is what the name Emmanuel means. But it was his intention right from the very start that we would know that God was with us and that he was for us and that we never had to worry about being alone. There's a particular phrase that I love in the first couple of chapters of Genesis at creation look at what it says when the cool evening breezes were blowing the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden i love this picture because it shows you know god who was never alone by the way because we know about the trinity God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. He was never alone. Community always was present in the Godhead before creation. So it's not like he created the world, created the universe, created people because he was lonely. He was never alone, but he wanted to share that community with his creation. And that's why he created us in his image so that we could share in that community. And here we have this beautiful picture of God creating this place and then putting people in it and then sharing that creation and community with his people that, you know, he's going for a walk in the cool evening breezes and he's looking for his people, his creation, because he wants to spend time with them. But you might notice that this is chapter three of Genesis, which is the chapter that talks about the fall. It talks about the break in that relationship where people decided that they would not live under God's rule, but decide for themselves what is right and wrong. And in essence, usurp the authority of God to decide what is right and wrong for them. And that's where the rebellion started and that's the current state. And it's that rebellion that broke that fellowship. That's the reason why it's possible for us to feel alone and to be estranged from God. And so as a result, God is looking for his people. He wants to spend time with his people. He wants to enjoy community with his people. But the next phrase in this in these verses is so they the people hid from the Lord God among the trees. He's looking for them, but they are hiding because of their guilty conscience, because of the broken relationship that happened in the fall. And so then it says then the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? Where are you? It's not that God didn't know where they were. He's asking what's going on? What has happened in this relationship? He wants them to acknowledge it and admit it. But in the midst of this, you can see that even though things have gone wrong, even though things have gone sideways, that throughout this whole, from the very beginning, throughout the whole of human history, God's intention was that we would not be alone and that he would be with us. So right from the very start, it was God's intention that we would never be alone, that he would be with us, but things went sideways, but now he has made things right. So we know that God never wants us to be alone. And part of the reason that we know that is that he actually did something about it. He made a way for us to be restored to him. So now we can know God better and better now as a result. So let's look at it together. At the very beginning, he created us to be with us. When Jesus came and started building his community, his disciples, his new kingdom, his new family, he would invite people to follow him. We see this in Matthew chapter nine. Matthew records his own calling, his, his invitation to be one of Jesus' disciples. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. So the whole Premise of being a disciple was to be in community, to follow Jesus. It meant to spend time with him. It meant to hang out with him. It meant to learn his ways. And in fact, in this translation, notice how it said, "Follow me and become my disciple." It's explaining what following Jesus meant. And a disciple, we kind of think of that as kind of a churchy term, a Jesus term, but it really just meant a, a learner. Or my favorite. Uh, translation is an apprentice. It's someone, you. if you are a disciple of Jesus, if you are following Jesus, then you are learning his ways and you're learning how to live out his ways in your life. So the very invitation that Jesus made to his original disciples, but also to us, is to an introduction. It's a invitation into community. Follow me and be my disciples. And then in another passage, this is in Mark chapter 3, it's describing Jesus gathering his disciples and it says, and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him. Notice that it's the the invitation being a disciple is, is just about being with Jesus. It's not being alone. It's being together with Jesus in community as a member of that band of disciples. And it wasn't primarily, you know, do this or learn how to do that. It was, if you're with me, if you spend time with If we are together, then all those other things are going to follow. But it begins with this idea of community, that they would not be alone because they would be in community with him. And then look at what uh, Jesus says uh, to his disciples. He is getting them ready for his removal, for his death, burial, resurrection, ascension into heaven preparing them for that time when they will not be with him in the flesh. And he says, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. He's letting them know, look, even though I am not going to be around in the same way, You know the Father and you're not going to be alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. And in response to this, one of the disciples, Philip, says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. In other words, okay, uh, we believe that you're who you are, Jesus. We, We don't want to see you go, but it, we, we trust you and if you show us the Father, then we'll know that, that we're not going to be alone. And look at how Jesus replies. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Don't you know me? Even after I've been among you such a long time. And he clarifies by saying, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You see, our Heavenly Father wants to be with us, in fact, so much that even though things are broken in the relationship, that he did everything possible, everything necessary in order for that relationship to be restored by sending his son, Jesus. And Jesus is the full revelation of what God is like. You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus and we know that God does not want us to be alone because he sent Jesus. And as a result, we have that opportunity to follow Jesus, to spend time with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to know our heavenly father through our relationship with his son. Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. And when we know Jesus, We know the Father, and we can know the Father better and better now because of what Jesus has done. So when Jesus came, he was called Emmanuel, which means God with us, telling us that we can get to know the Father through his son, Jesus, and reminding us that he, God, never wants us to be alone. And because of what Jesus did and because of who Jesus is, we are never truly alone forever. Remember, the disciples after spending time with him were, uh, were extremely sad when Jesus began to talk about what was coming next with his death, burial, resurrection. And um, so they were concerned about that, but he assured them and in the process of assuring them that they would not be left alone in this process, he gives a little bit more teaching and it tells us that we are never truly alone forever. There's two aspects to this. Number one, in the here and now, we have the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit and in eternity, we will be restored to full fellowship with God in person. And so that's what Jesus is talking about and teaching in John chapter 16. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Now, just pause right there for a second because that's just an amazing statement. Here, God wants to be with us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know what he's like. He wants to do what is necessary in order for us to be restored to fellowship with him through what Jesus did on the cross. But now Jesus is telling his disciples, there's going to be a change. I'm not going to be with you in the same way, but actually it's better. It's best for you that I go away. And you think about that, you know, if you had the option of the way things are right now versus having Jesus in person, in the flesh among us, what would you choose? Jesus says, what we have now is actually better. Well, what is it that we have now? He says, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Now, advocate there is a word that has a variety of different meanings. Uh, you may have heard it described by its uh, the, the Greek word paraclete, which is uh, the actual word that's used there. It has multiple different means. One who is called alongside, one who comes alongside. Some translations use advocate, some use helper, but some use friend. But the idea here is that you're not going to be alone because God is going to send the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, to be with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So he says this is actually better. Uh, Jesus was purposefully and decidedly limited. In other words, he set aside his omnipresence, his his ability to be everywhere, to take on flesh and be in the person, but he's limited by that, and that he can only be in one place at one time. Now, the Holy Spirit can be among every follower of Jesus, inhabiting the whole of the church at one time. So that is one way that people have suggested that this is better. Another part of the scriptures talks about how uh, we have the mind of Christ. We can actually read God's mind because his Holy Spirit is living and residing in us. There's a intimacy and a closeness and a presence that can't be duplicated apart from that. So Jesus says, "You can. I'm, I'm going to be with you. It's going to be different, but I'm going to be with you and it's actually going to be better because you'll be able to know me better and better over time because I will be in you and within you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. So he says, goes on to say, when the spirit of truth comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He had just told the disciples, look, there's so much that I wanna tell you, but there's too mu- it's too much, you can't handle it right now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you, guide you into all truth. He's gonna teach you exactly what you need to know, when you need to know it. I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I will be with you. And so he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So he said, look, even though it's gonna be different, it's actually going to be for the best because the Holy Spirit, his presence will be with you always. And you'll also have to look forward to that time when we will be reunited, when you will be in the presence of Jesus and his heavenly Father. So this is actually a pretty famous passage. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. And then he goes on to explain, there is more than enough room in my father's home now the older translations this is where it says in my father's house there are many mansions and it's not the idea that oh you're going to have this super fabulous house in heaven jesus is actually using interestingly enough the the very um very intimate picture of a betrothed husband, preparing a place for his wife. See in this culture, when a uh, husband and wife were betrothed, it was kind of a somewhat uh, similar to our engagement period. What, the, what the, the husband would do was he would prepare within his father's household, a place for them as a married couple. And once that place was prepared, At the time of the actual wedding, he would go and retrieve his bride and bring her home to his father's house, to the place, their home, that he had prepared for her. And this is the imagery, this is the picture that Jesus is painting. He's saying, it's kinda like you know the whole marriage thing. I'm gonna go away, you're not gonna see me for a while. But while I'm gone, what I'm doing is I'm actually preparing a place in the Father's house. And if I do that, if I prepare a place for you, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm going to come and return and bring you with me to the Father's house. That's what Jesus is describing. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. We're never—you're you're not going to be alone forever. And in fact, we are going to be restored. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? The—the the whole reason I'm leaving is to get a place ready for you, so that I can return to you and bring you into the Father's house. And he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. It's just such a beautiful picture, uh, such an intimate picture that Jesus is saying, look, I, don't, I never want you to be alone. You never have to worry about being alone. I will be with you always. I am preparing a place for you. I'm going to return to get you. And when I do, you will always be with me. You never have to be alone again. Now, these scriptures, these promises are being made to Jesus' followers. So they're not automatic. It doesn't happen to everyone. It's a specific promise to his church. And the way that you get in on that pra- on that promise is by saying yes to Jesus. So let me just highlight that because I don't want you to miss out. Your heavenly father does not want you to miss out. Sin and our deciding to do things in our own way has broken that relationship. But Jesus made a way for us to be restored to our father's household. How did he do that? He went to the cross and on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. And, and then he rose again, affirming that he had overcome sin, the grave and death, and then offered that victory to us to be able to exchange our sorry record, our faults, our guilt, for his perfect record, for his faultlessness, and for freedom from our guilt. And the way that that happens is simply through faith. When we say yes to Jesus, when we turn our lives over to, when we commit our lives to Jesus. And so I invite you, if you haven't already done that, or you're not sure, or you know, we're not talking about going to church, we're not talking about what you did as a kid, we're talking about is, in the present, in the here and now, are you following Jesus? Have you said yes to Jesus? So that you're saying, yes, what you did on the cross, Jesus, I want that to count for me. And yes, I recognize that you are the risen Lord now. You're the boss. You're you're the one who gets to call the shots. And so I'm going to follow you. If you're saying yes to Jesus, we would love to be able to celebrate that with you because it's the best decision you'll ever make and resource you so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus and your heavenly father. So if you would text yes to 603-225-2550, our church number. And when you do, we'll celebrate with you and resource you for your new life in Christ that would be the most amazing way to celebrate this season because you're being restored to the family of God, to have your guilt forgiven, to know that God's Holy Spirit is living and residing in you, that you can read God's mind, that he will never leave you alone. And in fact, he's going to come and return and restore you to bring you to his father's household so that you will never be alone again and we will always be with him. That is the promise of the Christmas season. That is the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. So in this season, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Today we've been talking about God's presence, saying that God never wants us to be alone, and that's what this Christmas season reminds us. And the challenge, the the way that I want you to practically apply this, this is the part where we say, okay, taking what we've learned, and how do I apply this to my life? I think it's just asking ourselves, am I accepting God's invitation to be with Him? Now, we just talked about how we get started on that journey by saying yes to Jesus, committing our lives to Jesus. But even if you uh, have already done that, or perhaps you're still kind of considering it. You don't know, you're not sure, you need more information, you need more time. You can still ask yourself, am I accepting God's invitation? You can take steps towards that. If you are not sure, not ready, then continue to show up, continue to listen. We welcome people wherever you are on your spiritual journey. And we're gonna encourage you to take next steps and maybe your next step is just continuing to listen, continuing to watch, continuing to show up, continuing to learn. And we just welcome you and we're so glad that you're here wherever you are on that journey. I hope that you won't delay. This is a great time of the year to make the decision to follow Jesus. How about celebrating God coming into the world by inviting him into your life in that way. That would be awesome. But just take whatever that next step is for you. For many of you who are watching, you're already following Jesus. You've already committed your life to Jesus, but this is still a good question for you. Am I accepting God's invitation to be with Him? Are you showing up, whether that's online or in person? Are you gathering with the family of God in whatever that looks like for you at this time and in this season? Because when you were invited into the family of God, you not only come into a new relationship with God as your Father through Jesus Christ, you're also put in a community into a family with brothers and sisters. And that's part of the way that God makes provision for you not to be alone. At Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, those tongues of fire settled over each individual believer, showing that each one had the Holy Spirit and together we make up the temple of God. God has placed you in a family and that relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ is an important part of your experience and an important way that he provides for community and to overcome the loneliness and isolation that was built in and baked into your life to that point. So, are you accepting God's invitation to be a part of a church family? Maybe it is time for you and it works well for you and it makes sense for you to show up in person, to join a group, to get connected in some local body of believers so that you're experiencing community in the church, in the congregation of Jesus so that's one way also are you accepting god's invitation to be with him by diving into his word are you reading and responding to god's word on a daily basis what what are you filling your mind with because to be discipled is to spend time and you're learning you're learning how to view the world you're learning how to think about the world you're learning how to live out your faith and you're getting discipled you're getting trained you're being taught how to look at the world through the media and through the people that you hang out with and so what are you what are you being discipled by who are you being discipled by and maybe that's an uh, maybe that prompts the need for a change. Say, you know, I really need to be, I need to be listening to this instead of this. I need to be watching this instead of this. I need to be spending time with these people instead of these people. How can you spend time, more time, accepting God's invitation to be with him? His design, his desire is for you to never be alone to never have a sense of isolation to never feel like you're alone in the world and when you accept that invitation what would it be like if you knew that god was always with you circumstances can change circumstances lie to us our feelings are fickle but god is consistent don't let your hearts be troubled jesus said i am with you When you say yes to Jesus, you never have to be alone. You have his Holy Spirit with you, to walk through the ups and downs of life together. He gives you his Holy Spirit so that you can know the mind of Christ. You can see things from his perspective, understand things in a way that you wouldn't before, see his hand at work. And then in the midst of that, he also places you in a family of brothers and sisters that, according to Jesus, this is the distinguishing characteristic of his followers, their love for one another what would it be like to be a part of a family that is committed to being to love one another to serve one another to sacrifice for one another that's the invitation that is on offer and then to know that ultimately when the last trumpet sounds or your last breath is drawn that you are going to enter into the presence of god forever in all of its fullness that is the promise of christmas that is the promise of jesus who is called emmanuel god with us and i hope that you will accept that invitation would you pray with me heavenly father i pray that you would show each of us how we can move towards you, take a step towards you. Apply this message to each of us individually, personally, as only you can. And then give us the faith, the obedience, the the willingness and the initiative to take those steps towards you, whatever that looks like. And thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us alone. You did not leave us on our own but that you are present, that you came and made yourself present in our world through Jesus, and you continue to be present in our world through the Holy Spirit and the people in whom he dwells. Thank you for this. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.